Yes, of course. Burl Bearer. <laughs> I've known a few writers who were rogues and vagabonds. And I'm Roger Moore. I didn't supply the microphone. Live from the beautiful, streamlined, gleaming, state-of-the-art studios of OutlawRadioLive.com. Nestled in our secret bunker somewhere in the Los Angeles area, I am the legendary Burl Bear. The program is produced by Magic Ben Allen on the Outlaw Radio Network, True Crime Uncensored. Yes, it's so easy being a living legend. I just stay up all night watering it. <laughs> well, I, I, no wonder you're soused. Yeah, I'm soused, all right. It's like a giant whizz. <laughs> Where's Howard Lapidus? I see his chair. I see his baggage. He has a lot of personal baggage, Howard does. Frank Hagen's here. Part Hello. of our true crime crew. Mark C.G. Boyer, fact checker. Hello. We have, a, we have a new bullying nickname for Judith A. Yates. We're going to call her Pipe Cleaner. Because when she was a kid, she had arms and legs like pipe cleaners. They were thin and furry. <laughs> I read it right in our fact checker information. Mark Boyer knows all about your life. He checks all the facts, and that's what we found out, that when you were going to Rogers High School or junior high, whatever it was, that you had skinny little arms and legs. You little stalkers. <laughs> well, it's true, isn't it, Judith? I'm going on Nancy Grace next time because you people are just mean. <laughs> we're, we're, we're compassionate. We're empathetic. We're just pathetic. <laughs> Exactly. You were bullied. I was bullied. Mark, you were probably bullied in school, weren't you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's because he's round and firm and fully packed. He's, he's bowling today. Yes. <laughs> and, and King Bully over here is uh, Magic Man out of our producer. And Frank Hagen, who gets... Did you ever get bullied? Well, oh, yeah. In, in reality, Burl, yes. I, I am not the bullier, but Howard Lapidus likes to bully Mark C.G. Boyer. Oh, he you, does. You yes. notice that, Oh, right? okay. yeah. yeah. <laughs> in case I haven't noticed. So, you, so that sort of gives you information that Howard Lapidus was probably bullied like a Son of a gun. Oh, hell yes. As a kid. Yeah. Because yeah. that's usually the case, I think. Well, if Judith Yates has investigated this from, well, Judith A. Yates gets bullied for having an A in her name. There's <laughs> any excuse to pick on Judith. That's why she became a criminologist and a best selling true crime author and a frequent guest on our program. Because when we want someone to bully, we call Judith A. Yates. Okay. I, th I thought it was Dan uh, Zapansky. Oh, Dan, well, yeah, we bullied Dan Zapansky a lot. Uh, in fact, I'll be reappearing on Dan Zapansky's show. Well, he must have, he must be. Uh, He's desperate. Desperate. <laughs> He's desperate. You think we get desperate for guests? <laughs> Dan has to send me messages saying, could you do my show twice this year? I'll do that. Judith, welcome back to the show. Thank I, you, I think. <laughs> I noticed that you posted on uh, on Facebook that you want people to pray for you because you're going to be on the show today. Yes, I'll take any denomination. Yeah. Abomination. It's an abomination before the Lord, just like shellfish. An abomination, yes. Yeah. Did you see that there were lots of people picketing in front of Long John Silver's because seafood's an abomination before the Lord? No. Yeah, I thought that was cool. <laughs> I miss that. Fish on Friday. Yeah, fish. Well, that was to help out the fishermen originally because the times were tough. People were crazy and times were strange. Frank. Yes. Uh, when you were, when did they start bullying you? Before or after? 
Before or after what? Before or after you came out? <laughs> I didn't come out till college. <laughs> oh. <laughs> then they started bullying you. <laughs> in high school, though, I did get picked on, and in grammar school a little bit, but not as much in grammar school because I went to sort of a theatrical school, and I was doing TV commercials, and other kids were doing mm. guest shots on this show and, you know, on Broadway and stuff like that. So it was sort of like acceptable. But in high school, no, they're animals. Yeah. It's horrifying. Yeah. Be slightly different. Talk differently. Have a different accent. Be the new kid. Uh, animals. Or have arms and legs like pipe cleaners. <laughs> or have arms and legs like pipe cleaners. No, but I have to tell you, though, uh, today, watching those kids in D.C., I could not have been more impressed with the youth of today. They're articulate. They're sharp. They get it. They work with each other. I'm sure there are still cases where there's bullying, and it usually comes from some brain-dead jock. Uh, but after today, I think things are going to be a little bit different. Oh, I don't know. What do you think, Judith? Well, you know, here's, here's part of the issue is, you know, we'll see these things on television and such, the school shooter, and we're like, oh, my God, what's wrong with kids these days? And every generation has something. You know, we at one time everybody was taught duck and cover, just like what was his name, Mert the Turtle. Yep, I mean, I, that was my generation. Desk, you know, hiding under our desk is going to keep us safe from a nuclear blast. Oh uh, no! It actually is a very convenient way for you to bend over and kiss your ass goodbye, <laughs> and that's that's Part about that, it. Yes, and you know, we're saying, oh, what about the kids these days? But if you think about it, the day of the school shooting, thousands and thousands and thousands of kids went into the classroom visiting class and left, you know, the whole week, the whole year, and we never heard anything about them. Now, I'm not belittling anyone, and I'm not, you know, saying we should not remember those who were murdered. That was a horrible thing. We have to look at the odds. Why, are we taking a bet here? You know, we have to, I'm going to bet you, we have to look at the odds. We have to say, okay, here's one horrific event. We cannot judge all of these kids based on a few. No, not at all. I'm judging the yeah. results of exactly. the rare incidents. I mean, there have been... We're, we're seeing... We always have to, you know... Unfortunately, it takes a bad event for the good to show. Well, there's been 198 school shootings since Columbine. And that's 198 right. schools that have been affected by this. That's into the tune of hundreds of thousands of kids that have been affected by being targets. So... If they want to stand back and say something, if they want to stand up and ask, just listen to us, that's good. Oh, most definitely. And, you know, it, you also have to look at the definition of school shootings. And, and this was actually, when, when I got my master's, this was my, my main focus of third, uh, study. This is my thesis, was, you know, what is the definition of school shooting? It could be a child going into the classroom with a gun specifically aimed at students. It could be a person pulling up into the parking lot in a car taking their own life. It could be the kid who goes into school to shoot his girlfriend and then himself. So, but, but you're absolutely right. I mean, it, you've got to be impressed by these students who are standing up and saying, okay, we're taking a stand. And this is, you know, these kids are going to learn something far beyond the classroom this year. And hopefully it will carry over. Couldn't agree with you more. It seems to me, having been bullied and not enjoying it, 
Although there are some who think I just can't wait to be bullied today so I can be victim. There's all it's already going on in the home. There's something else going on. Uh, I never occurred to me to bully people. <laughs> I don't know why it didn't cross my mind. But there must be something going on in the entire family dynamic or social dynamic. But what, uh, what's your take on that? Well, when, when I was working on this next book, or this current book that'll be out on the 10th, um, you know, I first started out, like everybody else, thinking the whole bullying thing, I saw it as one mean kid picking on another little kid, just like everyone else. Okay, it's a mean kid picking on the little kid, and we have all been there. We've all been one or the other, or both. And I've come to realize that bullying is, is across you know, across lines, families bully one another. The system bullies us. Uh, the mental health care system bullied this little girl, Cherokee Harriman, who took her own life, who's the subject of my book. You know, it's all, if you really stand back and look at it, it's all one big system. I mean, like a predator? Education. <laughs> it's us or them. Yeah, it's, it's the education system that bullies the staff. Um, you know, teachers don't teach because they love the system and how it treats them. They teach because they love teaching. That's um, true. I was married to health, for numerous years. The mental health system bullies the public, in my opinion. And it just kind of, you know, it goes from there. It's not just the kids. So we're all in this whirlwind of, quote, unquote, bullying. And it goes much farther than, you know, kids taking on another and what exactly you know there's no one universal definition and even in the school system each district sometimes each school has their own definition of what bullying is and that's one of the one of the problems Astrid, when i was uh, in uh, grammar school where I, which is where thankfully i learned grammar to become a best-selling author uh, <laughs> there was a kid who was a bully horrible bully mean cruel uh, and he had weird skin rashes, so no one picked on him because they thought maybe they were contagious. But all of a sudden, his father remarried after the death of his mother, which precipitated the bullying. And once he had a mother again, he actually got up in front of the class and apologized to everyone for having been a, been a bully. And his entire personality changed. He was so miserable in his life following the passing of his mother uh, that he acted out in these, these very upsetting ways, and, but that he changed totally. He became like a different mm -hmm. person. Uh, mm -hmm. So I think there's, it's not just someone's a complete jerk. There's something else going on in their life. Oh, exactly. Yeah. It's, you know, so I was, I used to be, well, I, thinking about it, I did become a bullying jerk for a few years. Uh, but I was in my 20s. <laughs> It happened. Yeah, but our producers, I no, I was a better guy by then. You think of what I was like before. I actually had to practice on what would I be like if I were nice. I'm not kidding. I believe you. I I was just such an ass that uh, even I was disgusted with me. And I said, what would I be like if I were a nice person? I'll fake it till I make it. I'll impersonate it. I'll read books on, you know, how to be a nice guy instead of a total jerk. <laughs> I haven't I haven't managed to complete the process yet, but I fake it real well. Do you think maybe they should have classes in school on how to be nice? 
No, they're too busy teaching to the test. That's not on the test, fool. Oh, no, no, Burl. Burl has to start at home. Yes. Bingo. Well, maybe it's because I left home that I became such a jerk for a while. Yeah, you know, parents can teach right from wrong. Common sense and proper behavior. Well, the common sense isn't that common from what I've seen. As one of my as one of my favorite awful awful actors said, anyone can get a driver's license. I mean, uh, you have to get a license to drive a car, but any AH can be a parent. Apparently so. How about you, Judith? Were your parents uh, AHs? <laughs> Apple horses. That's right. Um, no, uh, I was raised by my gra- my grandmother, my grandfather, and my mom, and then her siblings. And, oh, of course, it's your typical family, you know, good, bad, ugly. Mm-hmm. And yet you always knew how to treat other people. There must you know. have been these these values have to be instilled somewhere. Well, but then I also grew up at a time where in school you were also, there were also manners. You know, it was. I think it's all encompassing. I can't say you've got to learn it at home. I think you have to learn it in school. I think you have to learn it at home with your friends. You know, with your friends' families. Um, I just, I just think it's all encompassing. And since schools changed so much, where it was teach to the test and uh, no child left behind and all that bull. Um, when we had to focus on get them past, get them past, you know, get to the next grade, everybody got so focused on that, you forget how to, you know, how to teach kids to learn to be nice, to learn to be, you know, I taught I taught high school for six hellish months. And <laughs> I went to never, high school for know, longer than you, you taught it. I worked. I worked in a maximum security female prison. Ooh. And it was easier than teaching high school, if that tells you anything. Wow. You know? Mm. And oh, you're, you, you must have been a good matron. <laughs> it sounds like an old movie. You know, Nathan Yates. Uh, it was like that, man. You needed Nathan a whip just to walk in the classroom. Because Ooh, did you charge extra was, for that? There <laughs> There was absolutely no social skills. It was just like act like wild animals, and you know there were no, there, there was just no social, no yes ma'am, no ma'am, thank you, please. you know it was all what what's in it for me. And well, I'd have been beat. <laughs> the, the second part of my uh, high school education was in a uh, Christian Brothers of Ireland school. Oh, and, oh now, yeah. Uh, the first thing that you have to sign off as a parent is um, <laughs> corporal punishment. Corporal punishment due to deportment, and I was like, I had to go to the dictionary to look all that up, and I went, "Whoa, wait a minute." <laughs> we could beat you by your posture, <laughs> and they did. They did. I remember one kid that was sitting in the front row that they were doing a sex ed class, and he turned around and he said something that he thought was funny, and when he turned around, he was facing a fist traveling at about fifty miles an hour. Ouch. Sent him into the nurse's office and then to the hospital because they broke his nose. But I have to tell you, nobody else spoke in that class ever again, unless they were told to. <laughs> that they took it out by murdering uh, the cat when oh. they got home. <laughs> I just, 
I just don't know, but I, I really do believe that. I think it, sure, it starts at home, but it also gets picked up in the school, and it also gets picked up at my friend's house, and, you know, in public. We were we were at a restaurant a couple of nights ago, a friend of mine, and, you know, out of all these little kids coming in with parents, two of them were dressed very nicely, very calm, hands in the pockets. They weren't, you know, pulling at things and pulling at menus and running loose and wild. Nice little kids, well behaved. And then, you know, and then the heathens. So, <laughs> but I, I just think it's everywhere. Um, well, that's looking back on my my years of being bullied as a small child, which most children when they're little are. But I think it was worse in high school, my senior year. That's when anti-Semitism became real popular <laughs> in my school. <laughs> <laughs> and you had a group of uh, of uh, bullies who delighted in throwing garbage at me and calling me a dirty Jew. And I was fairly well bathed, and I took that as a, as offensive. Really? <laughs> and yes, I, I just thought throwing garbage at me and calling me a dirty Jew was, was not exactly the finest of social graces. Yeah, Sorry, when do you cross not? over from, from anti-Semite a-hole uh-huh. uh, into bully. <laughs> it's the same difference. <laughs> I think there's some, you know, there's a, there was a little gang of them. I, th- I did feel it was ironic on the justice that kind of came down on that. Uh, the father of one of the boys uh, was a painter, not, not like Picasso, but he was painting the inside of our home. Super nice guy. And the last days there, he says, hey, maybe you know my son so-and-so. <gasps> And my face turned bright red. I was speechless, literally, which is unusual for a professional disc junkie in training. And my mother said, the guy was shocked that I was, you know, this expression on my face and my lack of ability to speak. And my mother said, I'll tell you why he's upset when you say that name. And she told him what's been going on. He was shamefaced and humiliated. I said, oh, my God. He says, I got that same treatment when I was a kid for being Polish. It doesn't come from me. It's from his mother. He knew that his wife was a raging anti-Semite. <laughs> and he said, I make you a promise. He says, my son will never, ever do that again. When I saw his son the next day at school, ooh, you couldn't see any visible marks on the kid. <laughs> but he was shaking in his dance skins. I mean, he was trembling in his sneakers when he saw me. Well, we're back to it starts at home. Yeah. That's the thing. Let, let's beat some common sense into the kids. When they learned it, that's how you get, that's how you solve the problem. Um, so how did, uh, Judith, how did your uh, your experience as a bully, a bullied and a bullier shape your opinions on this subject? I'm sorry, you, you played it out. Um, how did your experience as a bullied and a bullier shape your opinions on this subject? Well, you know, I mean, I, w- I was a, a little skinny, scrawny kid and terrified of speaking out and just, you know. Um, and then, of course, when I wanted to be cool and join the mean kids and got the chance to, I did just, you know, one time, and I was mortified that I was behaving like that, picking on somebody else just because she was a big girl, and I was in this little, well, what was it, two or three other girls, and here I am in this pack 
feeling strong. But then when I stepped away, I didn't feel strong. I just felt stupid and mean. And I knew that if my family knew I was doing that, they'd be ashamed of me. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm thinking, why was I so mean to this girl? She was nice and she didn't do anything to anybody. And I didn't know about having the courage to apologize. And I was just, I just felt very sad that I did such a mean thing. And then now that I look at it as an adult, I wonder what was going on with those mean girls, you know, that walk in this pack. Um, what, I wonder what was going on with their lives that they that they acted like that. There's a study I read in a book years ago. I wish I could remember which author it was. But that uh, girls form packs of no more than seven, usually five to seven girls that the entire purpose of that clique is to keep out other girls. And that exists somewhere up through like junior high, maybe high school. What, are, we, are we Lord of the Flies now? I don't know. I'd, uh, they were going after those flies. They were fly girls. Swedish fly girls, actually. <laughs> <laughs> girls are mean. <laughs> yeah, but there's even a movie called Mean Girls. Girls are mean. Women are mean in a pack. And boy, yeah. can they manipulate the boys. I mean, they are. And, and there's a reason for why they're so mean in a pack. And I do not like working with a bunch of women. Yeah. Why? No, I don't. Well, you're... Because it's, it's my theory that women, especially my generation, have been taught to compete with one another to get the man... Because we were raised on, you know, the Prince Charming, um, marry the doctor, marry the lawyer, marry the man with the power, um, you know, all the fairy tale BS about be the Snow White and the fairy princess and get the prince and all will be great. So when we are in a corporate world, the leader is usually a male. So instinctively, we are taught to compete for that and we bring out the claws. Intrinsically, whether we know it or not. Yeah, that competition thing is very peculiar. Uh, it wasn't mm -hmm. that long ago, a few months ago, I overheard a, uh, a woman lamenting this fellow was dating so almost simultaneously, a stack like cordwood, uh, two women. And one was lamenting, says, no matter how good I am sexually, I cannot compete with so-and-so because three holes always beats two every time. I mean, this is the entire basis of her, you know, the, the scenario of her pain and anguish and the competition. And I'm going, well, this is a strange way to live. <laughs> People will always well, find justification you know, for how they feel. It's in a, and it's on biology as well. Because from, from way back in the beginning when we, you know, first left onto the earth, is you've got to think men are physically built to be stronger, tougher, when men fight, it's hitting, it's using the upper body strength. Women were the, you know, we're the gatherers and the nurturers, so that's how we were built. We don't have the upper physical body strength normally, so we have to fight back in other ways. You know, men will strike and hit and cut, and women will do things like put sand in the gas tank. Uh, I knew somebody who took all of his expensive clothes, waited for him to go to work, stuffed them all in the washing machine with a bucket of bleach, and left. Mm -hmm. You know, 
So we fight back that way, and we're very conniving. And yourself, cornered in a pack, we, you know, women, I'll say this, a lot of women have a tendency to do that to one another. I have only worked with one group of females that I enjoyed working with that worked together as a group. Now, um, that's just, just strange stuff. Uh, female dogs will attack other female dogs, but that's probably, you know, trying to keep the genetics. That's why they call them bitches. Yeah, keep the genetics going. <laughs> Oh, it's truth in advertising. <laughs> That's our fact checker. Fact checker, fact checker. Yeah, fact checker. You're nothing but a fact checker. You know what we think about facts. We have common sense. We don't need facts. So tell us about... <laughs> tell us about uh, Cherokee. The subject of okay. your book that comes out in a couple weeks. Yeah, Bully okay. to Death. Story of bullying, well, it, uh, social media. It releases on April 10th through Wild Blue Press. And two ninety nine. dollars I'm sorry? So it's only $2.99 on Kindle. That's right. Running a special. And you can uh, pre-order it right now on Kindle. In September 2015, in a little park near here, uh, near here, near Nashville, um, there were four kids, two girls and two boys, and they got into a fight with Cherokee, who walked to the park sometimes by herself, and Cherokee left the park, went to her house, was just a couple of blocks away, returned with a kitchen knife, and she yelled at the kids, so you want to call me names like bitch and a hoe, and when they turned to look at her, she took the knife and she viciously stabbed herself in the stomach and fell to the ground. The media right away labeled it bullicide, meaning a child who commits suicide because they've been bullied. And so right away it was just a frenzy where she killed herself because she was being bullied. And I was already working on something else at the time, but I saw her picture in the paper and I thought, this beautiful, sweet little kid, 14 years old, why would she do this in, in such a vicious manner? You know, what would make this kid do this? And are these kids really killing themselves because they've been bullied? And that's what got me to start reading and start uh, analyzing the, the situation and researching, and I contacted her family, and they were more than happy to help me out and learned that Cherokee's life story that led up to the situation was parallel with so many other kids that had committed suicide and the media and everyone else was blaming bullying. And the real reason was? These kids aren't committing suicide solely on being bullied. There are so many other factors besides the bullying. There is a mental illness somehow some way involved there's discord in their homes sometimes there are learning disorders which creates uh problems at school sometimes they've got social problems uh maybe an awkwardness they don't know how to relate to other kids um and yes they're being bullied because if you look at all of the above there's always going to be something quote unquote wrong with these kids that make other kids pick and Usually the actual bullying is a last 
straw. That's the whole the thing it, that pushes them of, over the edge. It, yeah, it just sort of tips them. And the incident in the park was not so much an act of bullying as it was they were fighting. They were fighting over a boy. And I don't think Cherokee meant to kill herself. I really don't. I think she meant to make them feel the hurt she was feeling. I think she was doing something very dramatic. And I think she accidentally stabbed herself. She hit an aorta. And I think it was an accident. But the media took it, and they ran with it. You know, bull aside, she was being bullied. We've got to do something about these bullies. And then, of course, it was no longer the hot topic, and it got dropped and moved on. So she said her kids. And... You know, even even in the school she went to, I was reading, uh, you know, they have an anti-bullying program, how to report it, and kids usually aren't going to report it because they're a snitch, and if they do report it, what the hell happens? It goes, what, in a file, round file somewhere? And how many times have people reported the bullying and nothing was done about it either? <clears throat> right, and then you got to think, too, okay, it's just like anything else, you know, I fill out my bullying report, I turn it in. They call the kid in and they say, we understand you've been bullying such and such. Okay, now, see, I'm a snitch. Which is going to make it double hard for me because I, I've got to go back out there, you know. And the bullying's got to go, the bullier's got to go back out there. And now he's going to tell his little friend, you know, and it's going to be double time for me. And that's another one of the problems is these schools are handling these issues without knowing the problems, the true problems, the true, true issues. So, you know, it's, it's, you know, this little, this little girl had so much going on with her life. I mean, all of these issues dumped on a 14-year-old kid. And unfortunately, you know, the, the system failed her, the uh, mental health system failed her, the school system failed her. And it was just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, there's always and that's why more I said there. earlier, you know, you've got a mental health system that she probably felt bullied by them. You've got a, a school system that's overworked and underpaid, and you, you really can't blame them because they only have so much time and so much money. So it's and, really and just very crazy. little money. We figure how much they have to work just to be able to get the school supplies. There you go. I mean, it's... Uh, why our schools are so underfunded astonishes me. But I, I, I just, I just want, and they are underfunded. This is Howard, yeah. And um, uh, I, I've been here listening, but my mic just got turned on. So how do you do? <laughs> we don't have to protect ourselves. You. Can we go back to the the actual the, the time of the the death? Um, were any of the kids wrestling with her? Were they near her, or did she just was she a few feet away and do it and hit the aorta and that was the end of it? No, she was uh, she was in the park by herself on some, on a swing set, and the kids came into the park. One of which was her ex boyfriend, and they're all in the pavilion talking. She leaves, and one of the girls, who's the kind of the smart aleck of the group, she yells at Cherokee. They start yelling at each other. They don't know each other, and it's the thing of well, he's my boyfriend now, but if you shut up, no, I don't care what you say. I don't even know who you are. Oh, yeah, you better watch your mouth, that kind of thinking. Mm-hmm. And then when she returned, she was maybe a stone throw at the least, most, not far. 
but right up, not right up next to them, not anywhere near them. So nobody else touched her or wrestled with her? Oh, no, no. Okay, so this just happened. So it, it's, then it goes probably, as you said, uh, I have to probably agree with you, not knowing all, you know, I know the, my, I know the facts through your eyes, but, but it seems very logical that that's what happened. Um, right. No, I, I walked it. I stood, you know, I stood there. I talked to everyone I could and would and should. And, you know, the kid, she hit the kitchen knife in her jacket. And then she came back and, you know, took the knife out of her jacket. And she held her fists above her head. And she said, hey. And when they all looked over at her, as a matter of fact, a couple of the kids didn't even know what she said. And she said, so you want to call me names? You want to call me a bitch and a hoe? And swung her arms over her head into her stomach. And that's what happened. Did any of the kids help? I'm sorry? Did anyone help her? They ran over and they saw the blood and they covered it up. And then it was call 911, my phone doesn't work. And then somebody tried to call their mom. And then they picked up her phone and called the first number on her cell phone. And it was her friend who called Cherokee's parents. God, no one calls 911. That's really weird. Yeah, yeah what's the number for 911? That was a bright group. Well, they're, you know, they aren't well, that kids, bright. You know, I mean. They're kids. Yeah, and their kids, kids, the kids. two boys rode their bicycles to Cherokee's house, and then somebody said, "Well, my cell phone's not working. I don't have range, and you know, it was kind of a cluster." Um, yeah, by by by, just for the nature of the audience that may want to pick your book up off the shelf, Cherokee is not spelled in the traditional way, correct? No. Spell it out for us so the audience knows. Okay, it's with an S H. E-R-O-K-E-E. And the title of the book is Bullied to Death? Question mark. And it comes out in a couple weeks on Kindle for two ninety nine. Two ninety nine, ain't bad. No. Even me. Even you could afford that. Even I will buy that book. Not that I will, because you know I buy the. You books. better. I better. Well, no, hang on. She's a second, just trying buddy. to bully you. No, you just wait. <laughs> That's right. I'll be calling you, calling your name. You, you go follow me. Let's see if you can find me. <laughs> he doesn't move that fast, Judith. I don't move that fast, and boy, you can't find me. And those Ubers can really, can really move. I am the king of all Uber. Yes. Yeah. Frank is changing his name to Frank Uber. <laughs> no lift. Gives him a lift. I get a ride from Frank on Saturday. That's the only time somebody else drives me. I drive you nuts. That, does, that doesn't have a cap. <laughs> yeah, you do drive me nuts. Constantly. Hey, Judith does more than simply write books about bullies and being bullied and having been bullied herself. She also has a, dare I say it, magazine. Hype the magazine. Hype it. She has brilliant people to write for it. Tell them about it. Would that be inc- including you there? Of course. Oh, I've course. written two. I, do I, I, did I have one or two articles for your magazine, didn't I? Oh, I think so, yeah. Yeah, I did. Oh, then you're going to buy, <laughs> you're gonna, you might want to buy my article on uh, not having a car in L.A. Oh, yes, absolutely. Well, it's, it's, I don't have a it, car in L.A. I don't have a car anywhere. Oh, you have somebody, yeah, please. <laughs> 
I single-handedly support Frank Huber contract. The, with the girlfriend you got. Yeah, I don't think I have one of those anymore either. Well, then you're screwed. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the problems. There are three articles right there. <laughs> Look, can, can I ask a quick question, and then we'll get to the magazine in a second? Because, Burl, you just said something that, that, caught my, that caught my eye, and I did not know this, or were you just saying it? But uh, talk about being bullied. You were bullied? Terribly. Yes. Which one of us? All uh, of us? Yeah. You. Well, forget Burl, because I bully him every, on a weekly basis. But but you're here. You're our guest, Judith. Oh. Oh, yeah, I was again. Yes, I was. Constantly. From the moment you looked oh. at her, you wanted to attack her. Yeah, thanks, Burl. Well, you know, well, you could get away with that in 1967. <laughs> but you can't say those things to women anymore, okay? She wasn't a woman then. She was a girl. I know, but you couldn't. Uh, no, she had cooties. <laughs> Let's figure out how this we could extract care. Burl's foot from his mouth. <laughs> she had the same problem that many other children have at that age. So you're answering the question for her again? Yes, I am. Yeah, I noticed that. Now, go ahead. What, 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 I had the same problem as you, Judith, when I was a girl your age. What's that? I had arms and legs like pipe cleaners. I was. I was a skinny, skinny kid. And they will pick I'm on you for being shy. skinny, but they'll pick on you for being fat. It doesn't matter. Shy. Anything. Any excuse. Yeah, uh, kids are mean. Well, there's also the thing, that, and I'm sure you've seen this in your research, is that Bullies see someone who appears weak, and it reminds them of being weak, and it scares them. Yep. Oh, I was I, I, I was bullied in high school until we'll follow this, bro, because this could have happened to you. Until I was a senior in high school and got on the radio, and once I became radio guy, it was a different world, mm -hmm. which shows you the depth of the people in Kenmore, New York. <laughs> <laughs> and why most of them have never left. But that's another story. So they railroaded you out of town? I, 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 I grabbed There's nothing it. more powerful than playing the hits. <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing. The hits, I hits just, keep on coming. I jumped on those hits and rode out of town. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's my team tactic. Yeah. See? Yeah. That's right. They anyway, can't beat you up on the radio. Back to our guest, because who cares about what my bullying? But but so what's, it, you know, we're back to the magazine. Then. Yes, let's let's talk about, let's talk about the magazine that you're going to buy an article from me for a dollar, and um, and you buy stuff from Burrow for real money. <laughs> yeah, I still have a cash by last check. Uh, <coughs> tell us about the magazine, Judith. Where was I? You were going to oh, tell us about sorry. the magazine. Yes, I was. Okay, it's called True Cronin Case Files. Um, it's quarterly. It's awesome. We have uh, original articles, educational information. We don't focus on gore or bloodshed or anything of that nature. Well, that's um, not fun. We have, yes, it is. We have uh, very original articles. For example, we wouldn't have, for example, just another article on the serial killer or serial killers, but we did have an article from a woman who was, uh, who is the daughter of a serial killer. Ooh, which and one? How, how does that work? Tell, tell us a little bit about well, that article. Well, they have sex. They, no, yeah, they, they, Burl, stop it. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> you know, you're annoying. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to start to bully you again. Just a little. <laughs> and 
And we just recently had Bobby Chacon, who I just adore. He's a retired FBI agent. He's an expert on counterterrorism. Um, Diane Diamond was uh, on our cover, and she also had an uh, article. And we had a uh, interview with her. We had Sue Russell, Michael Benson. Um, we had Jim Fitzgerald, who uh, helped catch the Unabomber with his uh, linguistics program. We, let's see, gosh, uh, Joni Johnston, who is a forensic psychologist, she writes for us. Blaine Pardo, Michael Butterfield, who's an expert on the Zodiac case. So we have some excellent, excellent authors that uh, contribute to our work. Some clown named Burl, uh, Susie Spencer, Yvonne Mason. We've got a really good lineup. And we like to have established criminologists and authors write for us, but we also feature new people that enjoy writing, enjoy looking at things from a different perspective. Um, we have one woman that has just joined us that her parents were murdered by burglars, and now she is a crime victim's advocate, and she's going to start writing um, pieces on crime victims and help for crime victims. And then we also have several features, like we have our, our, our hero program, and each issue we recognize a nonprofit organization that assists law enforcement or crime victims. Speaking of nonprofit organizations, we're going to take a 60 second break on True Crime Uncensored. We'll be right back with Judith A. Yates, Outlaw Radio. Smoking, drinking, interrupting obsession with you 24 hours a day on any phone or device. And it's all free. Just go to your friendly app store and search for Outlaw Radio. Then look for the red letters on the sign with the bullet holes in it and download it. It's free. Listen free on the road, in your car, at the beach, or in your backyard. It's all free from Outlaw Radio. This is Buddy Twist saying goodnight from Hollywood. Hi, I am the legendary Burl Bear, co-host or sometimes host of True Crime Uncensored on OutlawRadioLive.com. When I'm not ruling the universe of contemporary broadcasting, I write true crime books. I even write for Judith A. Yates on occasion. Not her books, of course, but for the magazine. My latest masterpiece is Betrayal in Blue. <laughs> written with Frank C. Gerardo Jr. and Ken Urell. True story of the cocaine-dealing cops of the NYPD. They weren't worried about getting busted because they were the cops. Criminals in a squad car. They had drug dealers in a uniform with an NYPD badge. What happened to them? Well, it could happen to you if you do the same thing. One of them got 12 years in a slammer. One got time served because he became a cooperating witness to save his partner's life. It's a strange story. It's a true story. Buy it today. Back to True Crime Uncensored I heard it. with Burl Bear yeah. and Howard Lapidus. You, know, you kid, you kid yourself when you read that. When you talk about your book, 
Yeah, you you almost make it sound like uh, well you you know you, you don't like it. I like featuring it. Mark C G Boyer. <laughs> Mark likes it too. I yeah, thought it was fabulous. It's a fabulous book. It, it is a fabulous book. It really book. is. So so stop. So do it straight. Okay, buy my don't, don't book. And, Damn and, it, I'll bully you and, into and, it. And Judith, I just found out that in the half hour I wasn't here, the beginning of the show. Uh, th these guys asked all the questions that I asked, and they let me be foolish <laughs> and ask you the same questions. And, and now I'm, I'm steamed, and I am going to bully Burl because I like the alliteration. So there. Are you on my team now? Uh-huh. Thank yeah. you. Then you, that means you get to bully Mark, <laughs> which Howard does weekly. Not W-E-A-K, but, you know, every seven days. And that's because I like him. Yeah, that's well. That's called male teasing. Is that that's okay? That's okay. That's a whole other thing. Not, I do not hurt. Do I hurt? Yeah. I yes. Do. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like when Kippa Dada used to bully you. <laughs> Never got away with it. We could start a gang, and we could be like. Yeah. Um, West Side Story, where we sing and dance on the top of the trash cans. Hey, look, and Judith. Judith, always remember: when you're a jet, you're a jet all the way. That's right. From your first, your cigarette, first cigarette to your last dying day. Thank you. But I don't smoke, so I'll just have to be a jet to my day. <laughs> I was in the Jet City. <laughs> what does that God. mean? Jet City, that's Seattle. Is there, oh, yeah, I guess that would be the Jet City. Yeah, they used to call it the Jet City. Now they call it the Emerald City because there's lots of friends of Dorothy there. <laughs> but uh, they hate Toto. That no, is. that's funny. Thank you. Yeah, that, made, our, made my producer laugh. He he laughed, and and Frank's, uh, uh, Frank Frank is steaming over the corner. No, I'm right. not. I'm, I'm surprised you knew that. I, I know all board. sorts of things. <laughs> Which is quite frightening. <laughs> okay, one point for me. So no, uh, none of the kids that were. Who said we're getting back to the show? <laughs> <laughs> this is the this is the fun part of the show. What are you? We're done with all this stuff. No, we're we, not. Yeah, we, we're here. The fun part. Yeah. Well, we it, sold the book. <laughs> we're gonna sell we, more of it. No, we like the book. We sold the book. We like Judith. <laughs> she has other books now, too. Howard, Howard, go 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 back into the green room. <laughs> In fact, I just posted uh, on on Facebook a link to our interview with Judith A. Yates about she is evil. I had to point out that it's not Judith who's evil. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a novel. She's the author. Book yeah. she wrote. Yeah. Yeah. She writes lots of books. So none of the kids that were that were involved in the bullying were held responsible. In Cherokee's case. Hello. Well, uh, uh, Judith, I, I know that you don't want to do it either, but Mark insists on going back to your book and talking about it because we haven't okked. Okay. Talked I was just trying to remember the words to boy, boy, crazy boy, slow down boy. <laughs> <laughs> now you're talking. See, that's my, that's my girl. That's who I like. <laughs> Mark Boyer, you're too damn serious. Well, I put all the all the work in. I might as well have fun with it. That's right. So these these kids that uh, were bullying uh, Cherokee, uh, aside from the emotional trauma of having her kill herself in front of them, they, they didn't suffer any repercussions. That's a question. Yes. Um, some of the parents didn't want me talk because you know they're all juveniles. Some of the parents didn't want me talking to the kids, even though the kids wanted me wanted to talk to me. Um, they wanted the kids to just forget about it and move on. Their words. Um, I don't think you forget kids, about something like that. Seeing someone kill themselves in front of you. That's what they were told. That's what they were told. Some of the kids wanted to talk to me, and I kept telling them, "I've got to have your parents' permission." 
I would ask, you know, I'd send information to the parents and say, may I have your permission? No answer. Um, it's hard to explain without, uh, let's say in general, kids around the situation. Some of them went back to cutting. Um, Themselves. Abuse, mm -hmm. uh, other problems that they had before because all of this was happening. And that's all I can really say. What, uh, what, um, well, Mark has another well-crafted question for you. What is yes, it, Mark? How did Tyler Hubbard fill, uh, fit into this? Who? Who the hell is that? Who? The audience doesn't know what you're talking about. Well, she's going to answer. What's the question? How did Tyler Hubbard fit into this? <laughs> um, Tyler was a boy that was several years older than Cherokee. Whoever you talk to, it depends. Were they friends or boyfriend and girlfriend? Um, Tyler sent Cherokee a photo of his male anatomy. Mm. Take it easy, which Frank. was discovered later on in the story. He was arrested and fined probation, and then he broke his probation and went back to jail and sent me some of the most bizarre letters I think I've ever read um, about the uh, secret groups and um, just very strange, um, secret underground groups that he was a member of. And yes, Cherokee did know how old he was and asked for the pictures anyway. Prior to this, he said he had no idea how old she was. She didn't know how old he was. It was all very convoluted. But again, depending on who you talk to, they were either boyfriend, girlfriend, or they were just friends. Did any of the secret groups have anything to do with uh, smashing her brain to where it was that she would try something like this? No. Did any of these secret groups actually exist, or is that a secret? Um, it kind of reminded me of stuff that you would hear on these movies where, you know, like in Tomb Raider or something, and those kind of movies, uh, these secret societies and... So um, he could nice very, he, he could very, he could very well have been a nuts. member of Skull and Bones. Just yeah, but he could have been doing that and crafting these letters to Judith. Uh, anything that you remember that you can share with us, short and sweet, about what he wrote? No, it, it's all very convoluted and strange. Um, we'll go with that then. That, that's fine. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And 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 the fact that Mark C. G. Boyer brought him up meant, meant nothing to any of this. So I <laughs> I, I knew that. <laughs> but he was he was sending her he was sending her pictures of his anatomy. And um, how old was he when he did he, that? He was eighteen, and she was I think thirteen or fourteen. Okay, and he was not put in jail for putting. Uh, well, he didn't know it. Or not? No, it doesn't make a difference. Ignorance of the law is no excuse. When no. you are over eighteen and the girl is under sixteen, yeah, and you send him naked pictures, you go to jail. Yes, you do. You have to get caught first, Frank. So she would have had to say something to somebody. Well, it was afterwards. They had they the picture. Him. Okay, afterwards. afterwards, then they go for yeah. him. Yeah, Did he, he have to go as a registered sex offender? He did. Yeah, he was a registered sex offender. He had to wear the ankle. Um, 
what do you call it, the ankle. They should have put his elsewhere. Right? Yeah, because basically and what he was doing was transmitting kitty porn. No, no, we get that part. And they and the answer well, was... Well, he wasn't a kitty. The answer was he got caught, yeah. and he, went, he, 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 he suffered that crime. But, and uh, then he, uh, he broke parole because he was telling them he was working and he wasn't. Of course, it was their fault. And it was, uh, it was a very strange interview. Um, I mean, as long as we're on this guy, what's he doing now? School administrator. Okay. School administrator. <laughs> That's too I funny. don't know, actually. Uh, I broke contact with him because he doesn't get to do Got it. Got it. Once she got the photo, she broke off the relationship. No, stop it. You know, you're a yeah, sick. well, it's no big deal. <laughs> But Burl, it just goes to Burl being sick, and Judith knows that, but yet came on the show. Yeah, she's yeah. a brave woman. Well, she, you know, she knows Burl. And Don't you wish I was here a half hour earlier? No. <laughs> <laughs> she said no. <laughs> no? Oh, come on. Oh. Watch this. Let's sell the book again. One more What's time. What's it called? The name of the book is Bullied to Death? Question mark By Judith A. Yates. Comes out on Kindle in about two or three weeks. You can pre-order it for $2.99 right now on uh, Amazon, uh, probably, and uh, <clears throat> Wild Blue Press, its own website. So, do you like me better now? Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. I just think you're Thank wonderful. You. That's all I need to know. Because yeah. when we have her back on the show, I don't want her to be afraid. She's been oh, on this show well, enough times. She's almost yeah, inoculated. I, I, I know, but, but uh, because she of the shivers down the spines <laughs> of authors. I've done that. There's authors that are writing books about trying to kill me. Really? No. Oh, wow. No. Howard, Howard was bullied. Even as an adult. But we won't talk about that. I was bullied last Thursday. <laughs> I was bullied here last Saturday. Really? Yeah. You gotta, oh, that's right. You were. I was. Yeah, I remember. I wasn't even here, but I heard about it. Right. Yeah. So it can still happen. Yeah, well, you know, that was Matt and being Matt. Our producer bullies Howard, then Howard bullies Mark. And it's a never-ending chain and cycle. Well, it's the trickle-down theory. Yeah, we, uh, Judith, let's, let's stay with us after 3 o'clock and hear what goes on. Outlaw Radio, I think you will enjoy beyond. <laughs> yeah, you said, there we have a true dynamic of social and psychological dysfunctionality. It's, yeah, absolutely. And she would, she, she would respond to that, I think, you know, just to, just to listen to, you know. Find out why it is you are the way you are. <laughs> well, there's that. <laughs> well, it's a so it would be like teaching high school again. It would be exactly like oh, more like junior <laughs> high. Hey, junior high. We literally put the junior DIY high. in dysfunction. There is no way. There's not enough value in the world. <laughs> oh, God. It's a lot of testosterone. Well, yeah, but you know what? We have women come on the show all the and time. They run out screaming. Carrie was fabulous. We had Carrie week. Snow on last week she for a couple great. hours. She was great. She's, She's a hoot. Too. Yeah. So stop with that testosterone. Well, no, that's one reason I wanted to do the true crime show here on OutlawRadio.com uh, uh, is because a true crime, as Judith can probably validate for us because she's a true professional, is a female-driven genre. Uh, most true crime books are bought by women. OutlawRadioLive.com has a predominantly male audience, so I figured it's a good way of getting new people into true crime. But you see, the women, if they come over to Outlaw Radio, can hang with the guys, and women like hanging. Or hang up. <laughs> well, that's the gay in you, okay? Jeez. I'm trying to make it like a social event. I'm trying to make it like, you know, it's it's our version of the... Well, like an example of Thank trauma. Thank you very much for coming on. Yeah. Thank you. Judith. Judith. Thank you. You're a brave woman.
I'm trying to be. Yeah. And uh, well, glad you don't look like a pipe cleaner anymore. You look pretty hot for me. We look forward to talking <laughs> to you again. Hey, bro. Oh, yeah. What's, what's next? Magic Bed Allen and the Demons of Decadence is live for the Lighting Up Lounge right here on OutlawRadioLive.com.